What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Welcome to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us as Deb talks with her guests, experts in their fields, as they share real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools that they need to promote themselves and their businesses as best as possible. And we are past the midway point in our career planning series in the month of May. We're giving so much great information. But today's guest, I've actually had on before, and we and, and I'm having her on again, obviously, because she has such great information, but it's because she focuses a good portion of her business on working with people who are changing careers, transitioning careers, new to the career field, all these various things, and she's got a great topic that we need to talk about, absolutely positively have to talk about this. And it actually is one of the things that many people find the hardest thing to do. And that's to talk about ourselves, whether it's an interview, a resume, a letter, all those various things. So p- before we talk, you know, get into to this really in depth, please join me in welcoming Jeanette Seibley to our program again. Welcome, Jeanette. Thank you, Deb. It's great to be here. And I'm looking forward to talking with our listeners about how to brag and win the million-dollar opportunities. Great. I love it. Well, as I mentioned, we've had you on before, but for those who don't know about you, let me tell people your bio. Okay. So Jeanette Seibley is an award-winning, internationally recognized executive coach and business advisor. Over the past 25 years, she's helped many companies hire for job fit to solve their people management challenges. During this time, she has conducted hundreds of presentations for those who were unemployed or in career transition. She is a published author of the books, It's Time to Brag, Career Edition, and Hire Amazing Employees. Jeanette's commitment is to help business professionals learn how to brag and win the job offer, get the promotion, and that pay increase. If you're ready for a fabulous year, let's learn how to brag. So again, Jeanette, welcome. Well, thank you, Deb. I'm excited, and I'm looking forward to your first question. I know. You know, and it is about bragging. Okay. You know, and, and it's funny because we have all been taught, and, and I'll be honest, especially women, and especially women of, <clears throat> shall we say, a certain age, <laughs> that we don't brag. It's not ladylike. It's not professional. You know, all these various things. And even younger folks, I've, I've spoken recently with a lot of millennials, and they downplay themselves too, which is obviously the absolute worst thing that we can do when we are interviewing, looking for a new job, things like that. So let's talk about that. Why is it so hard for people to learn how to brag? Well, like you said, we've been brought up that it's egotistical. Mm-hmm. It's bad manners. Uh, no one's going to like you, uh, et cetera, et cetera, if you talk about yourself. Mm-hmm. However, you need to promote yourself. So self-promotion is important. And it's how you do it. That's the difference between are you bragging effectively mm-hmm. or, are, or have you gone into an egotistical approach? So one of the key ways of distinguishing that is if I say, I'm an amazing author and speaker, people are going, huh? But if I said, hey, I have conducted over 100 rewire your career workshops with standing room only for hundreds of people, and they, a lot of them were able to learn what I was talking about on how to brag, go out and brag in their interviews, their network meetings, and quickly find work. Mm-hmm. I had two people that were unemployed each 18 months, each of them. Wow. And That's within scary. two weeks, it is. And mm-hmm. within two weeks, they were reemployed. Mm-hmm. This was back in 2009. So that was even harder at that time to find work than it would be today. Because mm-hmm. today we have ex- historically low unemployment and we have a lot of um, jobs that are going unfilled. Why? Because there's just not enough 
uh, I would, enough qualified people, but I would suggest there are many qualified people. They're just not able to share themselves in such a way that the employer gets their value. Right. And you just mentioned that word. It's, it's value. You know, we, we as an employer can always fill the spot. You know, but the problem is we want somebody who's going to stay with the organization at least for a couple of years. You know, that's that's kind of the, the turning point for a lot of people. But everybody, and, and I love this. I just read your book. I read it several times and I reread it again last night. And again, it's called <laughs> It's Time to Brag, Career Edition. And one of the things that you point out and I realize is so true when we're interviewing is somehow we have this impression that we have to fit the mold. We have to be like everybody else. So why is that not? Because that's what a lot of, of the, the books on how to interview say, you know, practice so that you sound like everybody else's, you know, responses, all those various things. Why is that not what we want to be doing? Well, there's a quote right in the front of my book um, that says, no one wows a potential boss if they are unable to share their accomplishments in a business language that others readily understand. Mm -hmm. When you're trying to mimic other people, you're not differentiating yourself. It's like if you were at a business network meeting and you had a lot talking to you about health uh, supplements or Mm -hmm. about beauty aids or about something like this and that. There's all, a lot of different companies out there, but they all sound the same. So mm-hmm. you don't know. It's like, I don't know what to buy. You know what right. I mean? And a lot of these bosses are the same way. I don't know who to hire mm-hmm. because you know, nothing has um, been differentiated. Nothing is distinctive. Uh, there's, again, people just aren't bragging. They're trying to fit a mold that may not fit them. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, when they do, less likely to last very long in that job. Uh, number one, you ha- you're coming in with false expectations on both sides. And when people go, what happened to the person I interviewed? That's not the person who's showing up on the job. Guess what? A lot of that trust has been um, broken. So mm-hmm. it makes it very hard for people to get themselves into jobs that they just don't fit. And right. over 70, according to Gallup, over 71% of people in jobs today do not fit them. Mm-hmm. They just don't. And we do think when we're interviewing that we need to match maybe what, what everything else is, is going on. So, you know, say you've read the job description and it says you must do X, Y, and Z. We're like, okay, I can do X. I can do Y. I can do Z. Well, every other person who went in and interviewed said, I can do X, I can do Y, I can do Z. And pretty soon that the person doing the interviewing is going, (laughs) because you put them to sleep. So, you know, obviously it's important that we're truthful. We cannot say, hey, I can do X if I can't do X. But how do you set yourself apart from everybody else who's just saying, well, I can do X, Y, and Z? There's a 99%, maybe 90%, but... 90 some percent mm-hmm. a big number <laughs> of the world's information is not on the internet mm-hmm. it most definitely is not in your job description right it is in other people's heads mm-hmm. so if you go in and you're mimicking what is in the job description like everybody else has done mm-hmm. again you haven't differentiated yourself and i did this one time uh, decades ago when i was uh, looking for uh, work and I had gone, I had an interview scheduled, and um, I networked. Mm-hmm. I talked to people inside the organization to find out what the real issues were. Mm-hmm. Not what was in black and white, but what the real issues were. Right. And then when she asked me her questions, I made sure that I referenced different aspects that, again, are not in the job posting. Mm-hmm. And the, the part is she was but she was also a little nervous. <laughs> so this was before I learned how to brag effectively. Right. So mm-hmm. I didn't get the job. But she was like wild, like woohoo. But I think I scared the, the heck out of her too. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you learn how to brag, you learn how to do that in such a way that you have gotten the information about what's really going on and you have you you've done your brag work in such a way that you can share. Mm-hmm. 
what you've achieved. So let's say that they want people um, to hire someone as a recruiter. And they say, we want somebody with sales experience and somebody with ATS or CRM experience. Mm -hmm. And you go, I can check all those boxes. Okay, great. But what they haven't said is how do you actually go find those needles in a haystack? That's okay. what they're those needles in the haystack do not reply. I mean, they're passive job seekers. They mm-hmm. know they're in hot demand, right? So they mm-hmm. don't have to apply. How do you uncover them? Are you a networker? Do mm-hmm. you know how people and say, I have this position. These are the specifics I'm looking for. Who do you know? Right? Right. But you don't share that stuff because you don't know. Mm-hmm. You don't know that that's the real issue. Because, again, it's not in the job posting. Mm-hmm. Well, and every job candidate has absolutely got to do research. And, and you've got an, an entire chapter in your book on that because you're right. You know, we're going to find out things that, as you said, aren't listed in the job description. And, it, you know, some of it can be, just be on their website, their press releases, all those various things. But, you know, there's, there's usually, in, you know, in many interviews, the question, do you have any questions for us? And that's where then you can say, well, you know, I know in your third quarter, you, you know, such and such happened, or I see that you are a big philanthropic organization, you know, all those things. Holy schmoly. I mean, right, that right there is something that's impressive because many people don't take the time to do it. But I love talking to other people, you know, and, and I always encourage folks in my LinkedIn programs to find people who are currently employed. And then formerly employed, you know, because that's where you're really going to get the meat and potatoes. Now, you, you clearly have to take it through a filter, um, especially the formerly employed, because they might not have left on good terms. And so they're just, gonna, <laughs> you, know, you know, but, you know, I was talking to a young woman one time who was interviewing for a job and she found a former employee and they said, you know, I got to tell you, I think the company's going to go bankrupt. Well, she was considering moving, you know, and, and, and moving like from Denver to Cleveland. This was going to be a major thing. So she did additional research. You know, she didn't just take this guy's word for it. And she discovered that, yes, they had made some unsound business decisions. So she brought that up in the interview, which I thought was pretty brave of her to, to say. Right. But and good, you know, she, and good. I mean, right. You're oh, moving yeah. that far. You want to know that the employer is going to be there next year. And that's exactly what she said. You know, I'm going yeah. to be making a big leap of faith. Yeah. You know, I understand that that you have some financial difficulties. You know, and, and so she negotiated that they would, um, she would get a year's salary if they went under. You know, I don't know whether that really happened or not. And, you know, it's kind of iffy when you're negotiating with a company that's having financial say. difficulties. <laughs> but, you know, they were so impressed that mm-hmm. she had done their research, even though she found out negative. But she also countered that with, you know, you're still a fabulous organization. You know, if, if all I found was this negative and thought, well, you know, whatever, I, I wouldn't have interviewed for it. But um, so she was able, and then she did turn it around to, to her advantage to also say, here are ways where I have had success in other organizations in, in helping them, you know, trim their financial, you know, whatever it was. So she really did wow them with the fact that she'd spent maybe half hour, hour doing some additional research and she got the job. And that's great. And mm-hmm. that's what it, and that is what is required you got to find out what's really going on. Mm-hmm. Again, that stuff is not printed, or sometimes it is if a company's going through challenges. Mm-hmm. Um, we've all seen that happen where it is in the news. Um, but too often we have other companies that really need the support to turn around a business mm-hmm. or get funding. I mean, we have a lot right. of startups. Mm-hmm. And these are great opportunities for people who think they want to be business owners, mm-hmm. right? Um, do you really want to become a business owner? What's mm-hmm. really required? Do you really have what it takes to do that? And again, going in with your eyes wide open mm-hmm. makes it a much easier to handle. Right. And where people get themselves in trouble is with when they don't tell the truth, the whole truth. Mm-hmm. And people get upset like they don't trust you anymore. And when that trust is broken, and I know I've said here in the interview, trust is, is trust who you're working with. You mm-hmm. have to trust the product. And your job is to look at the systems, look at the processes, look at the clients, look at the pricing, look at everything mm-hmm. to help them be more successful. Right. 
you know, and, and it could be when you do your research, you think, mm, I'm really not going to apply for that job. Um, but but right. yeah, it's, it is and something. Maybe you shouldn't. And right. maybe you shouldn't. Mm-hmm. Right. For, for whatever reason, you know, yeah. and, and maybe one of the things that we talk about a lot is corporate culture. You know, would you be a good fit for that organization? So, you know, say you're a CPA and you discover that they pretty much require that during tax season. So, you know, the first four months of the year, they're, you're working 12 hours a day, seven days a week. You've got a new family. You know, you like to do things with them. That's probably not the place you want to be. Maybe it's a corporate culture where they, um, you know, they, you can, you can tell they just prefer, you know, younger employees for whatever reason, you know, edgier, maybe, you know, things like that. And you're a little bit longer in the tooth. So might not be a, a good fit for you. So it, it is so much about doing that research that I, you know, I can't encourage that enough for, for people. You know, it, it really does. To, and it does take more than just reading their website, folks. This is, you know, they're, going, they're not going to say anything bad on their website unless you know, <laughs> legally they're required to. You know, say financials, things like that. They might have to, but they're not going to say, we require that you're going to work 12 hours a day, seven days a week, because they'd never get anybody that applied. But, you know, talk to those people and look at the industry in general. You know, is it a booming industry? Is it something that is on the decline? You know, all these various things. And then, you know, as, as Jeanette said, you can go in so prepared with your own questions. And that's always key, is being able to ask intelligent questions yourself. I agree 100% with what you said. Is be careful also of your perceptions, your, mm-hmm. your point of view. Um, that's the only caveat to what you said mm-hmm. that I would want to expand upon is just because they're a younger workforce and you're older doesn't mean you wouldn't be great. Right. It depends on your attitude mm-hmm. towards younger people. Mm-hmm. Like I don't have a bad attitude towards younger people. I just think they're amazing. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes um, they may go off on a tangent that has no with the conversation, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of older people that right. do that. Uh-huh. So it's really just a matter of what's your attitude going in. Mm -hmm. Did you do your homework? Mm -hmm. There shouldn't be a lot of surprises, if any. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I I know of a um, a situation didn't do their homework. It was one of those jobs where they expected you to work weekends. Mm -hmm. Family, He didn't want to work weekends. No one said anything about working weekends. So... The day he starts and he finds out about it, guess what? You already have a disgruntled employee. Right. But part of that goes back on him. He Mm -hmm. didn't ask the right questions. Mm -hmm. And not to say that the employer is not responsible as well. They are. Mm -hmm. So communications, Mm -hmm. are you aware of that? Right. Sure. I'm aware. Yeah, no problem. Mm-hmm. Until something fun comes up on a weekend, right? Mm-hmm. Using that as an example. Right. It's like, right. oh, but I really want to go do this, but mm-hmm. yet I'm expected to be at work. So then mm-hmm. learn how to work it out so it's a win. Mm-hmm. And that goes beyond bragging, right? But that's just part of being a great employee mm-hmm. because how you show up in your current job will impact future opportunities. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't care how many brag statements you have. Well, and, you know, when you're doing your research, also research people. You know, research, if you can, research who you're going to be interviewed by. You know, the, the uh, CEO, you know, whoever it is that, that owns the organization. Now, admit that. You know, tell someone, hey, I saw in your LinkedIn profile that you went to the University of Texas. Don't make them think you're a stalker. <laughs> but, but that also, that, that can create some positive connections with them. And, you know, exactly. and you can say, hey, you, know, I, you also graduated right, from there. Right. right. You know, or maybe you're a competitor. You know, maybe you went to A&M or, or something like that. Yeah, which is fine. <laughs> right, right. But, you know, it, and it can be things like, you know, I, I recently saw an article that the CEO was honored as, you know, whatever. Again, it's showing that you're interested enough in the organization that you spent the time to do the research. You're not just, yes. well, this is my 15th interview this week. Correct. <laughs> now, you know, let, let's talk about the key, the absolute critical thing that is why we're here, and that's that brag statement. 
And it's so funny because, you know, I, I mentioned at the, the start that uh, I've interviewed you before. And one of the things you told me is that I needed to redo my intro to make it a better brag statement. And, you know, of course, as I'm giving it, I thought, oh, Jeanette's going to be here. And I want, I want to change it from better to stronger. Yes, yes. And, you know, and part of it is, and, and this is our whole brag statement thing, we get used to saying, hi, this is Deb Creer, blah, 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 blah. And, and we've practiced it. We've rehearsed it, whether it's our 30-second intro or, you know, whatever it is. But it might not be serving us well. And in my case, you're right. It's not. And part of that is because it's not bragging. And it's using some of those words that are the, we call them the fluffy words. You know, I'm passionate about yeah. helping. Okay. I'm sorry. What am I going to say? I kind of like to help people. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, you, you would say I've helped thousands of people. Right. Right. In their careers become successful. Well, that's, that's a very powerful part. statement. Yes. And that's the really important thing. And I wrote this down in, in great big letters on, on my uh, information <laughs> for today. And that's numbers. So talk to us about numbers. And why are numbers so important as part of our brag statement? And then everything else that we've got. But why are numbers so important? Because most people don't use them. Most people are not even present to them. Mm-hmm. They may be present to the task. You know, I've, I've talked to lots of people. I've interviewed lots of people. Mm-hmm. And everyone's going yawn, yawn, so have right. I, right? Some person's if, lots is six. Another person yeah. lots is a thousand. So if I say, again, using uh, HR recruiting as uh, the kind of position that I'm interviewing, you can say, yep. I've interviewed hundreds of engineers mm-hmm. for these specific type of engineering positions with $100 million companies. Mm-hmm. Well, that right there sets the tone right. for the interview. Mm-hmm. And here's the key. You only have 4.3 minutes to be heard positively in an interview. Mm-hmm. They've already made their decision. So if you can wow them right from the get-go, mm-hmm. and usually they say, well, tell me about yourself. That's the first thing most, you know, people ask these days. And if you go, well, you know, I'm a passionate person, and, you know, what happened to the passion in your voice, right? Because <laughs> it's my 15th interview of the week. Yeah, exactly. But if you say, you know, I'm an experienced uh, HR uh, executive with over 25 years of experience. I've worked with uh, companies ranging from, you know, 10 million up to 150 million. And I have done X, Y, Z. Of course, I'd want to fine tune that statement Mm -hmm. from how I'm saying it. But again, I've got their attention. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, numbers, Mm -hmm. it tells them, oh, she could, she could do the job in this size of an organization. Mm -hmm. Oh, she's looked for hundreds of engineers. So, how successful were you might be the question that comes back from the interviewer. Right. And you can say, well, you know, I interviewed hundreds. Um, the team hired and I hired uh, 50 of them and the retention rate was 90%. Mm-hmm. Guess what? She's, that person's hired. Right. right. <laughs> because if retention is a big away. issue. Mm-hmm. However, if you hadn't done your networking and knew that retention was the issue, mm-hmm. you wouldn't put that word in. Right. And that's what turned, that's what turned the interview into something positive. Mm-hmm. So again, it's using the numbers. It's, um, I call of what you've achieved but put numbers to it. Now, here's the secret sauce to that. I'm going to give that to you right now. The secret sauce, instead of saying, yeah, I, I've interviewed hundreds of people, that doesn't really say anything. Mm-hmm. But if I've interviewed hundreds of people and we hired uh, 50 of them and we our job retention was 80%, that's more than one number. So right. try to go for two, maybe mm-hmm. three or four, because it's telling a story. Mm-hmm. It's to you than what's on that resume. Mm-hmm. Now that gets into a different conversation about resumes. You, you want to use these numbers there as well, but you want to be honest. Mm-hmm. Over 71% of resumes today have inaccuracies on them. Mm-hmm. So employers are looking to find out how truthful are you being because nothing's liar. Right. And I've had, cli- I've had clients tell me that who are business owners, who are HR executives, who are executives, who are directors. They want people they can trust. And mm-hmm. there comes that big T word again, trust. So you, when you put together your brag statements, 
make sure, make sure, make sure that they're as honest as can be. Right. Because if they really like you, they are going to do their research on you. You know, and, and if, say, you know, the example, the retention rate, you know, we, we retained 80% of those employees. If they check and find out that it was 50%, even if they check and it was 75%, they're like, well, wait a minute, what else have they fudged on? Exactly. And so then out the door you go. Exactly. And I love you know, doing more than one number. You know, in the example, if you just said, you know, we've interviewed hundreds of people. Well, maybe that means you have a really bad interview process and you're interviewing everybody (laughs) under the sun. Um, You know, and and so, yeah, you you need those other statements to to add to it. But what happens if you don't have big, impressive numbers? How do you get by that? Well, there's a lot of ways to share numerics. So it could be the actual number. It can be percentages. Mm -hmm. It can be guesstimates. Mm -hmm. It can say over. Mm -hmm. So I've uh, conducted over 10 interviews of engineers and mm-hmm. we hired five of them mm-hmm. right so that's 50 percent. i mean that's a big number yeah and all of them are still there mm-hmm. that's 100 percent retention right there so again if you can get into percentages that's great if they want to use actual numbers you want to share them uh, it's being aware having the conversation mm-hmm. allowing them to deep dive into really getting into the essence of who you are and what you can bring to them Mm -hmm. that will resolve issues. Mm -hmm. They do not want people who create more problems. Right. So if you're somebody who's interviewed hundreds, like you said a few minutes ago, but your retention is only 25%, that's telling people you're not a very good interviewer. Mm -hmm. Right. And you may be a very good interviewer. It may have nothing to do with you. Mm -hmm. So then you want to refine those numbers. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, and, and one of the other things that you point out in your book is you say that statement and then you stop. It's not go on and on and on and <laughs> on about it. And, you know, when I do media training for people, I tell them one of the tricky things that a, a media interviewer will do is that pregnant pause. You know, they will stop, you know, and, and say, you know, well, you know that, that's a great thing, but... And we hate that vacuum of silence, so then we just start blathering on. And, and a lot of times then we get ourselves in trouble. If you've got a great brag statement, then they're going to want to ask you about it. You know, well, tell me more about, you know, how, how on earth were you able to have an 80% retention rate? But if you just keep going, then pretty soon they forgot that you had an 80% retention rate. So give that statement and then stop. And just to fine-tune what you're saying is you may give more than one statement. Mm-hmm. So you may do a short, just like what you're saying, mm-hmm. keep it short and on point. Mm-hmm. Allow them to ask um, more detailed questions and don't be afraid to repeat yourself once in a while. You don't want to continually to repeat yourself because that becomes rather boring. But you want to then have a conversation, open up a conversation, a mm-hmm. two-way conversation is also your future boss right this is also a representative of the company so mm-hmm. maybe an hr person you may be interviewing them for a sales position so mm-hmm. this person may not be your boss but they, they are representative of the company culture mm-hmm. so you need to be listening you need to be having a conversation about is this the right opportunity for me because mm-hmm. remember, this is a, a robust economy right now. It's an employee economy right now, mm-hmm. which means there are more jobs. I mean, there's more jobs than there are people. Mm-hmm. So you want you don't want to latch on to, oh, this has got to be it. No. Right. Take your time and breathe and find out, will this company be the right job? Mm-hmm. And sometimes it might be the, the means to an end. You know, you, you don't plan on being there forever. You know, you mentioned the people that have been out of work for a long time. In this economy, there still are, unfortunately, people who, for whatever reason, you know, maybe it is that they're not interviewing correctly, all those various things, but they do kind of hit that desperation thing. And, I mean, for some people, a desperation thing occurs at two weeks, you know, because they hadn't saved, you know, they've got a family to feed, all these various things. But, you know, you still are in control. Is it, maybe it's not in control. You're in control of yourself. 
and how you are responding to those answers. And the second you come across as desperate, even if they want to hire you, they're thinking, okay, well, we don't have to offer them as much money or whatever it is because, you know, they'll, they'll take whatever we offer. Yeah. And in those situations, I, I, you know, lack of money does make people desperate. That's Mm -hmm. just the reality of it. Um, And even though there are a lot more resources available today, um, pride sometimes gets in the way, Mm -hmm. but here's the key negotiate. So if you know, this isn't the right job, at least initially, Mm-hmm. Cause you could be wrong mm-hmm. initially. It doesn't appear to be the right job, but you have the skills they need right? and you have the experience they need and you've had the results that they really would love to have. And they're salivating over them. Mm-hmm. Set it up as a contract right. position. Mm-hmm. So let's give it six months. I know you're a bit hesitant here to hire me because of whatever reason. Um, let's give it six months because mm-hmm. I know I can accomplish what you have outlined here plus mm-hmm. I'm a great team leader. I'm great at pulling people together. I think your culture um, here is wonderful and I know you have a hesitation. Mm-hmm. So how, how would you feel about contract basis for mm-hmm. six months? Right. Again, that's being really ballsy. It's being bold. It's being audacious they may hire you simply because of that. Mm-hmm. That way, if you decide you need to leave at the end of six months, there's nothing negative there. Right. That was the agreement. Mm-hmm. And that's what you say in future interviews. Mm-hmm. Why did you leave that company? Well, was, our agreement was, was for months. six yep. months. Mm-hmm. And I accomplished da-da-da-da-da and give the numbers of what you accomplished. These were the goals. This is what I accomplished. You'll see I surpassed two of the five. Mm-hmm. No, and one we failed at. Well, why did you fail at that one? Because of X, Y, Z. And they love how you how professional you're being. Right. Again, using those numbers as you speak can be very, very, very important. Mm-hmm. People don't hear them as numbers. Establishing a picture for them that they can relate to. Mm-hmm. Amazing leader doesn't say anything. But if I say I'm a leader with 10 years of experience and I uh, create, guided, or created a $10 million company, that creates a picture. Mm-hmm. Now, they clearly don't understand what was all involved right. unless, of course, they were a leader who did the same thing. Mm-hmm. But at least now they have a context for the conversation. Mm-hmm. And so then hopefully they will say, tell me more. Exactly. Well, and now, if they don't, mm-hmm. sit and wait. <laughs> and, and again, or ask them a and question. Wait. You can mm-hmm. ask them a question. Mm-hmm. Like right. if they're still sitting there looking at you, ask them a question. Mm-hmm. What other, you know, I, you could set it up this way. Just say, you know, I can go off in 10 different, 10 different ways here. Mm-hmm. Um, I, but I really want to focus on what's important to you and your company during this interview to see if this is going to be a win-win opportunity. Mm-hmm. So what would be your next question? Mm-hmm. And if they say, I'm not clear, I'm not sure. Say, well, how about this question? And then right. ask the question. My research indicated yeah. blah, 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 that type exactly. of thing. Exactly. Mm-hmm. More professional and aware that you are in that interview, the more likely you are to wow them and have them offer you the job. Mm-hmm. Now, if you've done all that, you may have an experience like I did where you scare the crap out of somebody, mm-hmm. right? right. They're thinking, like, oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. So just be aware of that as well. That's mm-hmm. probably a good thing because that person would always be not comfortable with you or fearful of you. Mm-hmm. I mean, I read a, an article posted in Forbes yesterday where um, there's a woman manager who's really nice to everybody, but the one employee. Mm-hmm. Well, the one employee, she's probably afraid of her. Right. Was what the uh, writer said. And I said, mm-hmm. mm, that may be. But just operating that she's afraid of me and it's not my problem doesn't work. Right. Because so you go still have, have a to work together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you go have a conversation with her. Mm-hmm. Ask direct questions, be, but don't interrogate the person. If they're afraid of you, interrogating will only... But you're going to scare them more. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But I've had clients do that where mm-hmm. they got themselves into situations. They interviewed for a job. They get in there. 
three to six months later, the boss has taken a dislike to them. Mm-hmm. It's like, go have a conversation. Mm-hmm. The cool news, particularly in this one situation, it was really cool. I mean, there's others that are similar, but this one gentleman did that. And he goes, you don't understand, Jeanette. You know, I'm, I'm being his coach. And he goes, mm-hmm. you don't understand, Jeanette. Nobody likes the guy. Said, <laughs> but you're his employee. Yes. You don't get that luxury. Mm-hmm. So you need to go clean this up and have a conversation with him. Mm-hmm. He goes, well, if you told me that before I hired you, I never would have hired you as a coach. I said, got it. Now go mm-hmm. have a conversation right. with him. At least try to make the situation better. <laughs> no, we're not talking try. Mm-hmm. Go do it. Yes. Like, take that word try out of mm-hmm. your vocabulary. Everybody listening, take that mm-hmm. word out of your vocabulary. So he did. Mm-hmm. He went and had the conversation. After that, he worked really, really well with the guy. He worked so well with the guy that everybody else is coming to him to find out how to work better with him. What'd you do? How'd you do that? This story gets even better. The president owner of the company, this is a $100 million company, heard about it. Called him up and said, just wanted to say thank you for your ability to work with so-and-so. When you are ready, I have a new company that I'm creating right now that i would like you to head holy cow president so he would have leapfrogged Mm -hmm. his boss right for that position Mm -hmm. all because he had the conversation in such a way that the other guy felt respected Mm -hmm. and honored that hey i value our relationship our ability to work together so much that we need to get some things resolved Mm -hmm. here but he did it in a very respectful way. Mm-hmm. It wasn't antagonistic. It wasn't accusatory. It wasn't blaming anything, etc. So right. again, don't be afraid to have those conversations. Mm-hmm. If you find yourself in a position that doesn't work, mm-hmm. it's not working. The boss doesn't lie. You lied. Mm-hmm. Right. The boss lied to me. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing those fun things that I thought I was going to get to do. This mm-hmm. is boring. Mm-hmm. Then go have a conversation. Right. Find out where your expectations, their expectations were not in sync. Mm -hmm. And frequently that happens during the interview process. You know, they they have glossed over some things. And you didn't didn't deep dive and ask additional questions. Mm -hmm. Right. You didn't say, well, you know, this is an accounting firm that does a lot of taxes. What's it like the first quarter? you know, all those various things. And, and they're, you know, they're not trying to be deceptive, hopefully. I mean, yes, there are those. Some, some those do. Right. <laughs> but you know, they just, maybe they just forgot, you know, they, they were busy. They forgot to tell you that that day they were sidetracked. I mean, hello, they're human too. So it is better to get that out of the way as, as early as possible. You know, maybe it was that you didn't know that the, the, you know, that the last person hired is always the person who has to work late on Thursdays, you know, whatever it is. Well, then go back to them and say, you know, I, I really do value my job here. I'm, I love it, you know, all, all of that. Now, truthful, 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 you know, all those various things. But, you know, and then say, I, I, I wasn't expecting to have to work on Thursdays. My daughter always has soccer every Thursday night. You know, work through that process. Now, you may still find that you're going to have to work on Thursdays. But they might say, okay let's let's see you you only have to do it every other time or you know whatever just don't let it sit and fester you know that and exactly. i think that's that's the thing and it's it i think for all of us we have interviewed we've gone in we you know we got the job we go in and we go, well, wait a minute that wasn't what i was told and then we sit there and we go <laughs> and and then pretty soon it's it's become this huge thing where we're looking yep. for everything else and then we're looking for another job either by our choice yep. or by their choice and here's the sad part about that is you may be feeling very justified mm-hmm. that the boss was awful. Right. The job, I'm sorry, the boss was awful. The job was awful. The job was boring, yada, yada, yada. You go to your next interview, and if you don't focus on the brag statements and you don't focus on the things that you actually learned out of that job mm-hmm. and you badmouth oh, the boss never, or never. Mm-hmm. the company, mm-hmm. That company is not going to hire you. Yep. Why? You know, and people might say, well, you know, everyone says they want to have truth. They want to be transparent. And I said, well, there's things that you want to talk about 
but you want to ask questions mm-hmm. because just because it happened there doesn't mean it's going right. to happen here. Mm-hmm. Or it could be because you're the common denominator that your attitude is the one that's getting in the way. Mm-hmm. Right. I remember one time being at a grocery store and um, there were these two um, cashiers mm-hmm. and they were, you know, transitioning, right? So one 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 was had been working and was going on break and the other was coming on to replace the person mm-hmm. and they got into a big argument about who had the worst attitude oh no and the guy Mesa, he looks at me he goes i don't have an attitude do i i said and i looked at him and i said we all have attitudes mm-hmm. right <laughs> so again um i've remembered that um and i remembered him but mm-hmm. not necessarily in a positive way right, right. Not in a negative, but it's just like if I was hiring somebody, I don't know if I would probably have a conversation Mm -hmm. about that. But So in in the book, in my book, we talk about the networking piece. Mm -hmm. We talk about how to actually conduct a networking meeting. Right. One of the biggest, biggest misnomers out there today is called a network interview. Mm -hmm. It's bogus. And and we've called it that for years. I went on networking interviews 25 years ago. And here's why. Networking is marketing. Mm-hmm. I'm learning more about the company. I'm learning that 90% plus information that's in people's heads. I'm learning what are the real issues. Mm-hmm. I'm learning what they believe are the possible solutions. Again, this is all outlined in my book mm-hmm. on how to do that and how to uncover that. And in having that information... I'm now ready to go sell myself. Mm-hmm. Now, an interview is sales. Mm-hmm. You are selling yourself. Right. I and tell people the product sell, is you. Exactly. And if you can't sell yourself, you're not going to win the job. Mm-hmm. You're not going to win the promotion and you're not going to get that pay increase. Mm-hmm. So you need to do your homework. But here's the problem. If I go into a network interview, I've mixed things up. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to do marketing and sales at the same time. Mm -hmm. That rarely works out well because you're still trying to collect information so that you can then use it to sell yourself. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, when you go into those meetings, one of two things are going to happen. So number one, you're going to go in and you're going to um, sell, you know, ask questions and stuff. But here's the bad, the down. So here's the number two thing is they're going to, they're going to, be making a yes or no decision Mm -hmm. or you go into the situation you're not prepared you don't know how to conduct a true network meeting and they start asking you questions well what are they going to ask you they're going to ask you standard interview questions because they're doing this as a favor for somebody they don't Mm -hmm. have time to do what have you they're not aware of who you are what you were there because you're not you're not there to sell yourself Mm -hmm. you're there to market and they put themselves into a yes or no situations. Mm-hmm. Too often, the answer is no. Mm-hmm. Why? Because you're trying to um, do two different activities at the same time, mm-hmm. like multitasking. That's one thing. Or number two, you really do not have enough of the right information. Mm-hmm. I made that mistake one time. Somebody gave me the head HR person, very large company, great person to be to work for. Mm-hmm. I hadn't done my homework. Mm-hmm. I called a couple people. That was it. No, I, for that level position, I needed to find out a heck of a lot more. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? That was 20 years ago. Wow. And I learned a lot. Mm-hmm. I didn't get the job. He wasn't even interested in talking with me further. Mm-hmm. Why? Because there wasn't value added. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, people today, if you're aware of yourself and you've done your brag work, You've taken the inventory and everyone, I don't care how old you are, has done things. Mm -hmm. I mean, 16-year-olds all the way up to 70 plus, everybody has accomplished a lot. Mm -hmm. It's becoming aware of it Mm -hmm. and sharing it in such a way that it is value added for the company. Right. And, and that comes back to that brag statement, to those numbers and making them specific for that. Um, You know, you're you're not going to spout off, you know, a number that they're like, we don't even know what that means, or we don't care about that here. Right. Um, I want to talk more about the networking meetings, because I think we have a lot of listeners who are soon to be or are recent college graduates, or maybe even people transitioning. So they have to get out there and meet people. 
And it's so funny. I talked to a young woman and this was this, I, it's been a year ago at least that I read her book. And as you were saying this, I mean, I just automatically thought of her. Her book is 52 cups of coffee and she was getting out of college and she just decided once a week, hence the 52, she would have a networking meeting with someone. I loved her, her book. Her stories were great. And she, she did these the right way. But, you know, as I was reading your book, and I mentioned this to you off the air, I actually reread this chapter because I was so fascinated with the fact that we do go into it the wrong way. Um, you know, and, and one of the big things that you said is absolutely positively never, ever give them your resume because that's not why you're there. You know, and, and the second you give them that resume, they're like, well, but I thought you weren't wanting a job. Now you could Exactly. Stop. You could send it to them later if they request it, but don't take it. Don't even take it in the building with you. Don't take Mm -hmm. it into the coffee shop with you. Mm -hmm. Leave it in the car. Don't be tempted. Don't even leave it in the car because Mm -hmm. you're going to be tempted to go to the car, get Mm -hmm. it, and then take it back to them. Right. They're feeling, because you said, I'm not talking with you because I expect you to know of a job. Mm -hmm. I really want to pick your brain because you're a valuable source of information. Mm -hmm. Write those words down. Valuable source of information. Mm -hmm. That will get open up more doors for you. Right. So if you're treating them that way, you're not going to say, oh, and by the way, I have a resume. Could you review it for me? Mm -hmm. Would you you take it to Betty Boo? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, 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 no. Mm -hmm. They feel violated. Mm -hmm. They feel you misrepresented yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, they're looking to, again, for people who can take responsibility for themselves. They have the attitude that, Hey, not a problem. I will call that person up. Or could you at least put together a, a network in, uh, I'm sorry, an email introduction for mm-hmm. us. You know, there's a lot of ways around that to make right. that work. Mm-hmm. The other thing that I really loved about that chapter was telling them a, a finite short period of time because these are very busy people yes. and it's not a job interview, you know, and, and you suggest 20 minutes. I, you know, I, I tell people 30, but no more than that. And you tell them, you know, I know that we need to be finished up here by two, you know, make them aware of that, you know, be looking at your watch. Don't look at your cell phone. You know, I, I love people. That's the only <laughs> watch they have. I'm sorry, get a watch. Um, you know, or, you know, you could set a timer. I mean, you know, and because you want to be respectful of their time and tell them that I want to be respectful of your time. I only asked to meet with you for 20 minutes, then have space available afterwards. So that way, if they say, this is so great, can we continue the conversation? You don't want to be saying, Oh, I'm sorry. I've got to go do something else. Correct. So even though you're scheduling the meeting for 20 minutes, given an hour, Mm -hmm. I rarely have a network meeting that lasts 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and in those opportunity or in those situations you do, you're not engaging them. Mm-hmm. And it's probably better that you right. do, you know, yeah, so, if it ends in 20 minutes. Okay. Yeah. And it, it needed to end yeah. in 20 minutes. Yeah. However, 20 minutes feels most people can do that. And that means at the end of 20 minutes, they can comfortably say, I got to go. Mm-hmm. Right. However, it's in my situation, or I'm sure in yours too, Deb, it's just rare that that happens. Mm-hmm. But be respectful mm-hmm. um, of the fact that they right. may actually need to go. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, and do your research on them, you know. And, and, and it was funny, I was reminded of a time, and this was, you know, quite a few years ago when I still lived in Colorado. Student just graduating from CU, from their business school, contacted me and said, you know, I'd, I'd, and actually I, th- I believe it was an introduction from somebody else. Would I be, you know, willing to meet with this young man? <laughs> he did the absolute worst thing he could have done. He came to me and, I mean, we were five minutes into this conversation of getting to know this young man. Now, you know, he'd already told me, I graduated magna cum laude. You know, I'm like, um, you know, all these various things. But he said, and as he gets out, a piece of paper. I went through your LinkedIn profile and here's who I'd like you to introduce me to. <laughs> and I was like, eh. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's one thing to have done the research and seen, Oh my gosh, you know, this, this person knows Janet Sibley and I would love to meet Janine, Janine, Jeanette, <laughs> you know, but to, to get out that piece of paper and say, here's the 10 people I really want you to introduce me to. 
that's that was just so wrong of him. And then he proceeded to correct me on several things. I'm thinking, oh, dude, you're not getting any jobs anywhere. Um, but you know, so he it was nice that he'd done his research, that he'd looked at my LinkedIn profile, but then he didn't know what to do afterwards. And 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 our it really was one of those that lasted 15 very painful minutes. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't wait to get done with that. Well, and that's the other thing, like the story I was t- sharing a few minutes ago where I went right to the top too fast. Mm-hmm. Start, the, the best place to start is with friends and family. Mm-hmm. Practice these network conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, and don't do them at the kitchen table. Literally go to a coffee shop or a library or something and, and conduct them so you can get a sense of how to do that. Then ask, who do you know? Mm-hmm. And then ask if they will set up the introductions. You do that. Then you set that up with the next group. So I call the friends and family C's, mm-hmm. like an ABC, like the C's. They're there for you, but they they probably cannot get you to the A's who are doing the hiring. Mm-hmm. But right. they can get you to the B's. Mm-hmm. Now, even if they can get you to the A's, you need to go through the B's first. Right. So that's where I made my mistake in that mm-hmm. situation. So then go to the B's. Um, and ask the same questions, learn more. And you might say, well, I've already heard it all. Well, that's good that you're hearing the same thing. It's Mm -hmm. probably on track, but you're looking for, is there anything else that they can add or is there any uh, disagreement there that is important to know? Mm -hmm. And then from there, they can introduce you to the A's. Mm -hmm. But now you're ready. Mm -hmm. You've done your work. You've done your homework. And for him to bring a paper like that, they were probably A's Mm -hmm. and he hadn't earned the right yet to talk with them because even though you are a B, you could have also been an A depending Mm -hmm. on the situation. Um, but you, he hadn't done his homework yet because if he had, the conversation would have been a very different mm-hmm. tone. Right. Well, and the fact that he brought it up almost right at the start of the conversation, yeah. Yeah. basically he was telling me, I really don't care about you. You know, yeah. I, I don't care what you can do or, you know, it was, I just I don't need- even care who you are, what yeah. you achieved or how many years you've done this. Right. It's all about me. <laughs> you know, and, and that's not the first person that I've had do that. You know, I've had that. And it's really funny. The other times it's been financial planners who oh have gone goodness. through and they've looked and they thought, Ooh, this is a, a higher net worth person. And so I never do the introduction, you know, because they didn't earn my trust enough exactly. for me to open up my network to them. That big T word, Mm -hmm. we keep bringing that up in this interview. Mm -hmm. And it's very, very important because if they don't trust you, Mm -hmm. it's not going any further. Well, speaking of T words, there's another one that we want to cover. And that's for the people (laughs) who are transitioning. They're changing careers for whatever reason. You know, maybe they, you know, they, I talked to somebody the other day who was a lawyer and now he's a psychologist. I mean, that's, that's pretty different. Sometimes it can just be, you know, you, uh, you mentioned the people that were, you know, in the, the grocery store. Maybe it's, you know, somebody who has always done something, but they're, they're changing careers, industries, you know, enough that they don't have contacts or they don't have knowledge. So how do you work with people like that? Well, first, the networking. Everybody knows somebody. There's only, I, I, it probably is less number than this right now, but it was at one time six people. Mm-hmm. Is it still six? I think um, it's six. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I can talk to six people and be introduced to anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, president of an organization. Right. The right? old Kevin Bacon six degrees of separation thing. Ex- there mm-hmm. you go. That's the name of it. Um, and that's great. So what you want to do is make sure that your brag statements fall in line with the targeted industry or the targeted employer. Mm-hmm. Or if you know of a specific job, make sure that your comments focus on that. So one of the biggest um, challenges today is employers like to say, well, if you haven't worked in technology, then you can't work here. Well, that's bogus. Mm -hmm. Uh, Or if you haven't worked in healthcare, then you don't know, understand our culture. Well, that may be. There may be a good point that they don't understand the culture, but it doesn't mean they can't learn it. Everybody Mm -hmm. learned it from somewhere, right? right? So List the requirements for the job. So let's say it's a specific job. List the requirements. Mm -hmm. So say that it's accounting because you had brought up accounting earlier. Mm -hmm. So list the requirements might be industry GAAP, which is generally acceptable accounting practices. Mm -hmm. Your corresponding brag statements may be have 20 years of accounting experience in five different industries. Mm -hmm. So what that says, that statement's got the two numbers, and what it's saying is, I'm flexible. Mm-hmm. 
I know my account. I know my generally accepted accounting practices. I've done P&Ls. I've done this. I've done that. And if somebody said, well, we're really looking for somebody who can do APAR on QuickBooks, then make sure you have that experience. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's not most accounts have the ARAP experience. They may not have the QuickBook. Mm-hmm. Well, you can go to a, a program and get trained on right. QuickBooks pretty easily because you know what's you know what's required. Mm-hmm. So let's do that another one. Say that it's on uh, recruiting. Uh, recruiting's a big industry at the moment. Why? Mm-hmm. Because employers just can't find the right people, right. They, and they don't have time or the expertise. Right. And so the list of requirements may be recruiting. And you might say, you know, I have 10 years of recruiting experience and I've hired 10 software engineers Mm -hmm. for a $10 million technology company. Mm -hmm. So again, you're saying, hey, I've been there, done that. Mm -hmm. And you could also say, you know, engineers right now are one of the most difficult positions to fill today. Mm -hmm. Well, and also think about your other job skills that might transition. Um, you know, exactly. maybe you were good at customer service. Okay. Yeah. You know, that's, you know, team building and don't forget your volunteer experience. You know, I've, exactly. I've worked with people before who they might've been say stay at home parent, but they were the, the head of the PTA. You know, they, they, you know, they did these things that definitely transition into careers and, and things that are needed there to, to those skills. You know, I talked with somebody one time who was former military, and he said, I can't put down anything. I'd have to kill you if I did, you know, that type of thing. <laughs> and, and I said, but you, you manage people. You manage budgets. I said, there are a lot of yeah. things that you can still say that are your skills without exactly. saying exactly what it was. Exactly. It's, I remember in one of my uh, Rewire Your Career workshops, uh, there was a young man who had been a server mm-hmm. um, and really wanted to get into one of the call centers and mm-hmm. he wasn't having any luck. So I asked him the question. I said, how many complaints have you received as a server? Mm-hmm. He looked at me like, huh? I don't have any. Right. <laughs> I said, okay, well then you have a hundred percent customer satisfaction. He looks at me, he gets, his whole face just starts beaming. Right. I go, that's a brag statement. Mm-hmm. I said, use that in your interviews, mm-hmm. and he and he did, and he got uh, you know got a job. Right. So again, this stuff does work. It's mm-hmm. are you willing to do the work to get through? Because a lot of people have a conversation, a negative conversation about numbers. I don't know my numbers. I don't like numbers. Right. Get over it. Mm-hmm. It's not that hard to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and put in those numbers. Uh, in my book, we call them KTAs, Knowledge, Talents, Achievements. Um, but if you don't, you know, another way of doing that is looking at conducting an inventory of what you've done, mm-hmm. what you've achieved, and then putting numbers in. That's another way. But here's the bottom line, folks. Self-promotion is key. But doing it in a way that people can get on the same page with you immediately is what's required. Right. So like Deb said earlier, stay away from those fluffy words like amazing, fantastic. Passionate. Exactly. (laughs) Um, And really wow them Mm because if you can't sell yourself, you are not going to win the job interview. You're not going to win the promotion and you're not going to win the pay increase. Mm -hmm. and, And you mentioned the word work. It is work to get another job and or a new job, um, you know, and, and so folks definitely get Jeanette's book because there's a lot of things that you work through, the KTAs, your I am statement, all those various things. And I'm going to leave people with one last thing about your book. You learn how the difference between a cat and a raccoon. <laughs> and that's all I'm going to say about that because you have to read Aww. the book to know the difference. <laughs> So, you know, I know, I know. What sound does a raccoon make? But um, I think they just go, grr. That's it. it. You know, it it is something, you know, we're we're kind of making light of it, but it's, it's critical. You know, are you the cat or are you the raccoon? And read the book to actually find out what that is. So Jeanette, you know, here we are at the top of the hour again. Oh, I know. We could talk for hours we, on this. It's so much fun. And, and I, you know, I had other notes here, all sorts of things. So again, that just means we have to have you on one more time, <laughs> one more, twice, three, you know, whatever it is. But until then, <clears throat> excuse me, tell people how they find you and connect with you online. 
For those of you who want to buy the Brag book, it's Time to Brag Career Edition book. It's on Amazon. You go to time2brag.com. Perfect. For those of you who uh, need additional help, Mm -hmm. Uh, you can contact me at my website at Cybco, and that's spelled S as in Sam, E-I, B as in boy, C as in cat, O as in octopus, Mm -hmm. dot com, backslash, contact, backslash. The uh, uh, information sheet will show up. Information sheet will come up, complete it. I will get it immediately, and then we can schedule a conversation. And you can ask your questions. Perfect. You know, and, and you work with people transitioning, people who are new to the job market, people who are just, you know, in the same industry looking for the same thing. Anything works. But again, folks, start with the book because it really is a great resource. Super. So, so thank I'm, you, Deb. This has been a great conversation. I know, I know. And, and I always look and go, oh, darn, you know, we're at the top of the hour. And, and I still had notes, like I said. So I am Deb Creer. I've been having a great time and so much information that Jeanette Sidley has shared with us. Please check it out. And until next time, everyone have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us next time for more real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>